So today I got to meet the wonderful SJ. SJ is a woman after my own heart. She works from a sense of purpose and she actually connects people that are disengaged in their current careers to find a company that they actually align with and really, really want to work with. Um, she's doing something very, very different to most uh, recruitment agencies out there. And I just loved her energy. I loved her um, outlook on life. And um, yeah, I think we're kindred spirits. We've now become friends as a result of this interview. And the other thing I love about SJ is um, she basically travels and works at the same time and she has that freedom and that's something that I'm looking to achieve as well in the next few months. So um, so yes, sit back everybody and enjoy this wonderful conversation. Well, hello, hello, lovely listeners. Today I have the honour of speaking to the wonderful SJ, SJ Braun. I was calling her Julie, but apparently all her friends call her SJ, and I'm already a friend, so I'm really happy about that. Um, so SJ, is, she basically helps people find their purpose-filled career and has served over 17,000 job seekers, and that is music to my ears because those regular listeners that I have know that I am all about helping people find their purpose through the discovery of their core values and uh, their strengths, and then they can create their purpose-driven vision and mission statement. So I'm all about that. Um, so you are the founder and CEO of Super Purposes and your company helps people get the meaningful job and the salary that they deserve, regardless of the challenges, um, by taking out the fear and the formality out of the career search. And, um, and as I've said, you've helped over 17,000 people. You've worked with over 500 employers uh, on their intern programs including Google, Amazon and Microsoft. Um, my son actually worked for Google for about three years. Um, and you also provide online courses, how to get a job in 12 weeks. So yeah, so welcome SJ. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> and, and just so you know, uh, listeners and anybody that might be watching when this gets uploaded to YouTube, um, I am in rainy England and uh, SJ is in super hot, super sunny near Palm Springs. She was rubbing it's gonna it in. It's going to be honey. like 111 today. <laughs> 111. That's, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, it's probably about 60 here right now. So um... <laughs> Let's find a middle ground. I know, yeah. Okay, so SJ, um, I always love when my guests give us a bit of their backstory because I'm always intrigued as to where you were and, and sort of any pivotal moments that drove you to obviously the amazing things that you're doing now. So love to hear a bit about you. So over to you. Sure. So I um, I started in uh, a lot of corporate kind of work. That's my previous life. And I worked a lot in entertain, excuse me, entertainment, retail, um, and I worked in the creative side of that business. So I did things like visual merchandising, um, brand management, uh, communications, that kind of thing. And when I turned, I'm going to say around 40 years old, 
uh, I had a little bit of a wake up call and I realized that I didn't want to work for big companies anymore, that I wanted to, you know, work with individuals. And so that kind of started me on my path to figure out what sort of products and services that I could provide and that I could help people. And I realized that my whole career, one thing that I was very good at, now I'm not sure why I was good at it, but I just seemed to know how to get a job, how to um, how to uh, interview, how to negotiate, and how to get paid really well. And so I thought maybe this would be of value to other people. So jump forward. Now I'm 60 years old. I've been doing this kind of work for the last 20 years. I've been working remotely ever since 9-11 um, in 2001. So I've been, I've been working remotely for over 20 years. And um, I've really enjoyed helping people figure out their purpose-filled career. And can, um, I ask, can I ask before you, you, you keep yeah. going on there? You, you talked about around the age of 40 and you realized, you know, the corporate world wasn't really for you and, and all of that. Did that just come out of the blue or what was there a driving factor for that? Was there something that made you stop and like smell the roses almost? Yeah, there yeah. was. Um, I helped a company, uh, Carter's Children's Wear, go from a private company to a public, publicly traded company. And in that transition, you know, everybody who was above me, uh, you know, got golden parachutes and they went off to, you know, wonderful early retirement. Um, and I wasn't that prepared. Uh, and so over the course of like the next year, there was change in management. Our We had a new CEO and just the the fun and the excitement and the um the bloom fell off the lily the shine on my apple was gone and i just couldn't get excited about going to work anymore um and so i just thought this is a good time for a change um let me see what i can do on my own let me find out and it was Hard. It was traumatic. My first year was really, really tough. And actually, did you, did you actually years, quit the job? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it was it was difficult because, you know, when you're always supported by lots of people and very deep pockets and a lot of money, you know, it's it's relatively, you know, now I can look back and say it's relatively easy to be successful when you're surrounded by all that. But when you are on your own, mm. you have to kind of figure out where am I going to get my clients? How am I going to market myself? You all of a sudden have to do everything. And perhaps your pockets aren't that deep. Mine were for a while because the, the salary that I made kind of trailed into, you know, my my next uh a gig. Um, but uh, that money went away really fast. And I also got sober. That's another thing that happened. When I turned 50 years old, I got sober. 
Um, so I uh, have can not I, had any alcohol I, for the last 10 years. Wow. Can I can I just ask you about that? What yeah. was, was alcohol a problem for you or is it just a decision? Yes. Oh, it was. Yes, it it's was. And, um, you know, I worked for a lot of companies where um, alcohol was part of their culture. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for someone like me who, you know, one is not a problem, um, but it always seems like one is never enough. Mm. And so when I got sober, I made a lot of changes in my life. Um, I changed my friends. I changed my living, uh, the way that I live. I changed my priorities. Um, it all kind of came together. You know, today I am a digital nomad. Mm. Everything that I own fits in a suitcase and a backpack. I have one pair of shoes. Okay. All right. Okay. Let, before, you, before you keep going on, because I, I am really intrigued in the, in the alcohol thing, because personally, it's something I've been saying to myself for a long time. I'm going to go teetotal one day. I'm going to go to, and I'm going to be 50 this year. Right. And so I've just um, read the art, not the art, the joy of being sober. I can't remember the author um, recommended to me from somebody else who's now six months without alcohol. And I really enjoyed the book and it came and I read it just after a holiday where I just felt sick every day, probably because I drank too much as well as other yeah. things. Um, and it seemed so enticing. I was like, oh, God, she's got all of this energy. She's got all of this. She's got all of that. And that, and I want all of that. And I'm, 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 I'm at a point where I'm not drinking in the week, although I did have a glass last night. Um, and I'll still allow myself a drink at the weekend because I love my red wine it's like my Achilles heel or whatever so for you it, and is it a problem yes it has been a problem um I know it's an addiction I know red wine for me is the addiction I, spirits can stay in the cupboard for years on end but the red <laughs> wine, the red wine can't um so I'm, I'm intrigued to know what was the point for you when you were like enough's enough and how how difficult has it been over the last 10 years? Well, it had been decades yeah. of moments. Yeah. Um, it had been decades of promises to myself, you know, and I would have extended moments of sobriety where I was just a white knuckling alcoholic, um, you know, so I could go months on end but I knew, and, and then, you know, there's the, the also bargaining with yourself where you say, okay, if I'll have one drink <laughs> and then I'll have one glass of wine and then I'll have another drink and then I'll have a, a water, excuse me, water. I was going to so say, one sorry. Drink, one water. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. See, look, look you what really happened. You really had weird logic back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get very excited. Um, but I think. You know, all of that just led me to, um, I just can't drink mm. because if I do, I find that I lose my values. I become, uh, an asshole, like many, many alcoholics do are assholes. And, um, I think that my life has changed so significantly 
Um, and it's been, it's been an absolute revolutionary change in my life. And I used to think too, like, oh my gosh, I could never be without having a gin and tonic once in a while. And the truth is I don't miss it at all. Okay. So, yeah, but it was a series of many, many, many things that happened. It wasn't like most people talk about having a rock bottom. I'd had many other incidences, things that happened, treating friends unkindly, um, car accidents, all kinds of things that, you know, most people probably would have said, oh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't drink. Mm. But um, it just came to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm really sick of it. Yeah. And from that, I made the change. I made the commitment. I spoke it out loud. And once when I say something out loud, my internal voice is, now you have to do what you just said you're going to do. So there you have it. Okay, cool. I like that. Okay, so I, I interrupted your flow. So you um, you went sober. And um, so that's just one of the things that happened to me that really changed my life. And when I started Super Purposes, I knew that there were so many people that were just struggling to get the career that they wanted. In fact, we're working on uh, a online course right now for career changers and we did a lot of, you know, study and in-depth un- analysis about that group of people. And one of the things that we, one of the things that we heard a lot was, "I work hard so I can play hard." And in a way, whenever I hear that, I always feel sorry for the person because I think, "Oh my goodness, you're working." 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week. So you can have maybe a fun weekend. And it's just an inequitable exchange. I believe, and our company believes, our mission is to turn people on to the work that they do that has deep meaning to you. So that, you know, this in this existence that we have, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we're not saying to ourselves, well, here it goes, another day, and we drag our knuckles and we get into the shower and we go to work and we're kind of like a shell of a human being. And so because my mission has changed and because my understanding of having meaningful work and having a very purpose-filled career and getting paid what I deserve, all of that I've experienced now we're helping other people become liberated and also experience that for themselves. Mm. So is that, is this the company you started from the age of 40 or is it morphed into this? It's morphed into it. You are so good, Mel. (laughs) I'm serious. You know how to pull it, pull on the string and get the story. That is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, bumped around a lot. I'd started a lot of different businesses. I did a lot of consulting. And then I started really my first, my first business. I call it my first business called superinterns.com. In America, we have interns. Those are people that are doing apprenticeships in a way um, where they are learning about the job. They're usually college students, not always though. 
Um, and they are learning about the work, they're doing the work, and they are moving into the actual job. That's what an internship is really intended for, is for them to get the experience that they don't have. Yeah. So our company was superinterns.com, and we helped both companies and interns come together. So that's what the primary part of the business was. But then about um, five years, well, closer to 10 years ago when I got sober, I said, you know, it's great that we're helping interns and companies grow. I think what the next level of this would be to help the individual really kind of navigate to a job that has meaning. And from that, Super Purposes was born. Hmm. And that, and that transition, I mean, I find it fascinating that you quit your original job and, and went full in because a lot of people try and do the two together, don't they, for that safety and security of having the, the regular income coming in. So kudos to you for doing that. Um, and then in terms of like 10 years ago, obviously going sober has 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 focused you, cleared your mind, seen things differently and and this whole purpose driven um, part of it has has been born as a result from that and, and I'm sure other things um when in terms of because I've asked you on email before we, we got onto this call today about how your candidates find out what their values are and and I'm intrigued with all of this because obviously it's, it's the same similar line of work that what I do with with individuals and with businesses I remember you saying on the email that you present a list of values and then they get to pick. And albeit I, I get that and there's resonance and, and we do know some of our values. I challenged you on that email to say, we don't always know what our values are and humans being humans, we want to have the good values and we don't want to have the less so exciting values or whatever. And so therefore, some people are going to choose values that are, are actually not aligned to them. So how does that sort of process play out? Is that something? Because I can imagine when you're dealing with candidates, it's it's quick, 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 right? They're, they're looking for a job. They want to move. Um, yes, they want to be purpose driven. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe this is a slower process because people are actually stopping to realize what is important for them and perhaps six months or 12 months is fine for them. So just talk me through what that process is in terms of them choosing those values um, versus whatever that looks like in terms of the next career choice. How involved do you get in going, are you sure those are the values or do you not at all? Um, and yeah, what's your sort of turnaround time in terms of people doing all of that and then getting to where they wanna be? So this is a great question. Um, Really, our program takes 12 weeks Okay, from beginning to end. So from I don't know where to start to actually having multiple job offers. If people stick into the program and they will they, they will have the results they need at the very end. For some people, and I'm thinking of a couple of clients that we have right now, they come in very gung-ho. I'm sure you've experienced this. They're like, I want a job tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but there's so many things that have to happen, right? It's not like you just need to go tink a tank, boing, and all of a sudden the job appears. <laughs> you have to do a lot of things and, you know, prepare. 
And so I've noticed, um, you know, even most recently, I'll just give a couple examples. Both of the clients that I'm thinking about, they started out gung ho. And when it started to get a little bit challenging for them, because we ask them to do things that are not what the norm is, they want to slow everything down. They want to take time off. They want to spend time with their children. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take a vacation. So what started off as a 12-week journey is now turning into maybe a 20-week journey. Um, both of these clients have got you know, uh, financial security, so it's not like they have to have a job tomorrow. Um, but when we go to the values and when we're coaching them, um, there is a moment where when they, you know, circle all of their values and we ask them to circle, you know, 10 out of, I don't know, 56 or seven that are uh, the most coveted values around the world. That's the list that we work off of. Mm. Um, and we will ask them a lot of questions because we need to drill it down to maybe five. And when we're asking the questions, very often things will start to get revealed, whether it's a legitimate value or to your point, people will very often say, oh, that sounds cool. I'm going to circle it. And they're just not being authentic to themselves or they may not know themselves. Yeah. They might be a little lost in what their parents told them or their spouse or yeah. their friends or the community they live in. And they might be living to what those values are and not to what their own are. So it's pretty revealing. It's interesting, you know, with the asking the questions and probing deeper. Mm. And we kind of like the way you're pulling on the thread and you get more of the story. That's what we do. I'm thinking of a young lady who she went to college and she was uh, taking hospitality. She was specializing in hospitality. And the first time I met with her, I said, you know, well, what do you want to do? And she said, um, you know, my boyfriend and I want to travel the world. We want to experience adventures. And I was like, okay, and I'm writing all this down. And through the process, she comes back saying that she wanted to work for a hotel, which was kind of a low level hotel mm. that was only 30 minutes away from her house. And I was like, that's kind of incongruent with what you told me. And she said, what? And I showed her a fantastic uh, manor in Nairobi called the Giraffe Manor. And I said, when you said that you wanted to travel the world and have adventures, this is the place that I thought you would work. And I, I you know, shared my screen and I took her to the website. And you see all these giraffes eating breakfast with the guests. I want to go there. Every morning. <laughs> And it is magical. It's absolutely, absolutely magical. And she looked at that and she said, I understand what you're saying. So I kind of helped her get back in alignment with yeah. why she was meeting with me and what her hopes and dreams and purpose was. And from that, you know, now she's working for the Ice Hotel in ah. Sweden. 
Wow. Um, and she also, during the summer, her and her now husband, uh, they chart a uh, yacht and they take people out on charters um, in the Corfu Islands in Greece. Amazing. So, you know, it's it's kind of getting into that and taking that time because many people who are uncomfortable with this, I'm sure, Mel, you probably experienced this. Yeah. When people are uncomfortable with getting in touch with that, they want to zip through it. Yeah. And that's where we have to slow things down and say, oh, no, no, no. Let's take the time because you never spend time on this. Mm. So once when we have the values, the next thing that we bring people through is what industry do you really love? Um, I've been working with a lot of technology people lately, people from Twitter, um, from Amazon, Google, all the layoffs, particularly here in, in the U.S. in technology. There's been something like 300, over 300,000 people have been laid off. It's been uh, really a, a very, very high number. And when those people come to work with us, they're like, well, where can I go? Everyone's laying off in technology. And I'm like, what industry do you want to work for? Because that's where we need to put you. Is it environment? Is it infrastructure? Is it healthcare? Is it, you know, and I start listing off a bunch of things and they'll start gravitating towards, they're like, oh, I didn't. I could work in, in the environment. And I'm like, yeah, all of these companies need coders for their websites, for their apps. They need creative engineers. They need creative people to write their copywriting. They need graphic designers. They need people who can tell their story. Yes, this is where you should be going. So we look at industry next. And then the last step really of this kind of thinking is we take them down an innovation rabbit hole. That's where we have them go and do research. We give them a list of websites. Um, one of the websites is ted.com. And we will say, put in your industry. You know what your values are. So you know what matters to you. Put in your industry. And look at all of the videos that pop up, all of the people, and start exploring what sounds interesting to you. And those people will lead you to the companies, the organizations, and the leaders that you should be working for. When you say TED.com, are you talking about like the TED Talks? Yes. Yeah. TED yeah. Talks. Yeah. Yep. That's just one of the places. So depending upon what industry, we have different places that we send them down that, that rabbit hole. And they usually spend about a week. And when they come back, their smiles are like going to eat their face. They're so excited about the kind of companies that they found. And then we start, um, we start working on how they're going to get a job where they've decided they want to work. Okay. Interesting. So we go about it in a different way because in I, I'm not sure how it is in England, but in America, I would say every person that we could talk to, if we said, how would you find a job? They would all say, I go online and I look for online postings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that is not how we actually tell people don't ever fill out another online application. That's not the way you should look for a job. We want you to identify where you want to work. And then once when we know that, 
We're going to help you make friends there, develop relationships, get introduction meetings that will then turn into interviews and job offers. Okay. So a couple of things came up while you were talking. Um, from a business perspective, yeah. your business, yes, you're going for a longer cycle here to get people on a uh, on a trajectory that actually means something to them and is ultimately going to give them more contentment and fulfillment if they land that job in that company that they end up identifying. Yes. So, so it's interesting because most businesses, but then I'm, I know already that you're not most businesses, will be looking for that quick fix, you know, getting those commissions coming through quickly, quickly, whereas you were on a minimum three months. And like you just said, some people then will go to five, six months or whatever. They've decided to go and take some time off, spend some time with the kids. So that's really interesting. Is that something that's just you didn't if you'd have known that to begin with, maybe you wouldn't have gone there. Or is that just something that you've now factored in and it doesn't matter because you've got enough people coming through and it's just drop, 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 drop. How did you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I'm talking yes. about? There? Yeah. Yes. Um, we haven't we haven't perfectly figured it out yet. Um, we're still we're still tweaking and 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 to retooling and and figuring out how to get people to the finish line faster. Mm. Um, Twelve weeks though feels like you know what people can actually do. Yeah. There's a whole group of people though uh, that can do it in 21 days though. Yeah. You know they just need a tweak yeah. or two. They just need like a little help here, a little help there. Yeah. And they are you know already racing to the finish line. Um. I think it's built into our own mission and values because if, but if someone tells us, so for example, I'm thinking of another client right now, she needed money right away. She's like, I, I don't have time. You know, I don't have 12 weeks to mess around. Um, I just need a job right away. And we were like, okay, a job right away is different from a mission, you know, meaningful career. So we can help you get a job right away. We'll help you start making money, but know that this should be your goal. Yeah. And, you know, so we were able to help her um, pick up a lot of freelance work. Um, she's making equivalent to what she was making in her corporate job. Um, and she has some time left over to work on her next, you know, big career change. Um, so, but she's also somebody who wanted to take a break, mm. you know, so she's kind of like, I, you know, I, mm. I'm, I'm going to move. My mom's having surgery. I want to take care of her. And I get it because life will take over. Life will happen. And we have to decide what is the most important thing to us. Yeah. When people complete this, though, when they do get that meaningful career, what they've learned will last them for their lifetime. Oh, yeah. They'll be able to pull out these skills every time that they're like, okay, we have a new CEO. I don't love them. I'm going to, you know, be moving on soon. They can just take these skills and utilize them for the next thing and the next thing. Mm. From a business model standpoint, though, it is an ongoing, you know, it's an ongoing like, okay, 
How are we going to tweak this and retool it and make it better? And that's actually our career changers course that we're uh, launching very soon in September. Um, I think we've kind of built in some of those some of those things, but there's always room for improvement. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And how do you attract these candidates in? Because what you're doing is, well, I'm not an expert in the recruitment field. You know, who knows? It, this might be happening more than I realize. But certainly, like you said, you know, when I was in the corporate world, the first and I wanted to get out and, and find something else, the first thing I do is go to monster.com as it was, I think it's yeah. still around, or Read or or any of the other job sites or now LinkedIn who does jobs. And um, that's where you go. And, and you limit yourself, don't you, in terms of, well, these are what I believe to be my skills. This is the experience I've got. These are the industries I've worked in. And so like, like to your point, when he says, well, I can work in environmental rather than, you know, tech. And, and you're like, yeah, of course you can. Whereas we don't know that, you know, just a candidate out there swimming on their own has no idea. You, you just assume that you've got to sort of stick to something similar to where you were. So how do you actually attract these people into your environment and then re-educate them, basically? A variety of ways, a lot of social media um, articles that have been written about us or that we've contributed to podcasts, people find out about us. When Twitter, um, when Twitter uh, actually uh, fired, you know, half of their workforce, we had already had 10 people that we helped get a job at Twitter. Mm -hmm. So for us, that was the first phone call they made. You know, they were like, hey, you helped me get this job. I just got laid off. I need you to help me with my next job. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting, even though people learn the process and they understand, you know, all the steps, they still need that kind of refresher. They want somebody to hold their hand. They want somebody who, you know, as a coach, you're sometimes their friend, they're, you know, you, you kick them in the pants when they need that. You give them a hug when they need that. You give them a tissue when they need that. Uh, you're encouraging them. And um, that can be very helpful. And, you know, if I'm perfectly honest, I need a coach for almost everything in my life. <laughs> um, you know, if I go to the gym, I need a personal trainer. I need somebody to hold my hand to do all those things for me. And it makes me more effective. It makes me feel more connected to the commitment that I make when I have somebody there witnessing it. Um. So, but that's how that that's how we get people. It's just from a variety of ways, and uh, actually, we're we're working on a, a free ebook right now that we're going to launch in in August. So that will be another you know way for people to kind of get into our uh, our sales funnel. Um, we have a docu series that we just won an award for. So we have an award winning docu series that nice. tells the story of five unemployed. Uh, people across America who we helped get their meaningful job. It's 12, it's uh, 12 episodes. So it kind of matches up with our 12 weeks. And um, so that's, that's how people hear about us and get to us. But I'd like it to be, 
you know, more massive than that. So, you know, that's the next thing that I get to work on and our team gets to work on. It's all very exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And um, I can see so many crossovers, obviously, with what, what I'm doing with this other company. Um, so I do want to have a conversation with you after this podcast. Maybe we could put in half an hour at some point just to uh, chew the cud, as it were. I would love that. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah. One of the things, Mel, that I really love about your podcast is your thought process of never settling. Mm. And I think, you know, we've all settled sometimes in our lives. And I can think even now, like there's times where I'm settling, but I know, you know, maybe I'm doing that for a reason in this moment. So then I can have the greater good on the other side. And it really is a... It's a powerful philosophy of kind of putting yourself to say, I matter enough that I'm going to put in this effort and actually say no to you or no thanks to you. Um, We work with a lot of people in the LGBTQ community, and I hear all the time about about folks who were working in places that they got bullied or that felt very uncomfortable. And I said, you have to make the decision to stop working for companies that don't honor you. Yeah, You need to go where you will be honored and loved and cared about and safe. And so once when people get that and they really understand it, their actions will start to follow. But I think, you know, your podcast is very much about that that thinking and um i i can see a lot of alignments between you and me for sure absolutely yeah yeah i love what you just said there about you know because people do feel i mean i was having a what turned into a bit of a heated conversation over the dinner table last sunday with my sister-in-law and um a whole other subject i was talking about we were talking about something that, that had happened in the hospital it wasn't with me it was with uh, a friend and there was these five nurses sat around this station doing sweet fa and their job was um to administer the boosters when people came in you know the the covid boosters yes and nobody was coming in so they weren't doing much and um my friend was there to have some tests and there was this really, really poorly old woman who was dying for a drink, needed a wee. And so she went up to these nurses and said, look, this lady's really quite ill. She needs to go to the toilet. Could somebody take her? And they were like, no, we can't leave this station, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so Claire was just like, OK, so she t- took this lady and then later on needed a drink, got the same response from these nurses. And um and then there was something oh, about needing to get a taxi back afterwards. And again, got the same response. And at this point, she lost it. And she just basically said, you know, what the F in, you know, and she did lose it. And just, you know, because if Claire hadn't have been there, what would this poor old woman who was on her last legs done? You know, it was the kindness of somebody else that was helping this woman do what she needed to do. And these nurses seemingly didn't give a shit because it wasn't in their remit. They hadn't been told they could do it, et cetera, et cetera. And so we were having this conversation over the uh, dinner table and I was talking about how certainly over the last three years, 
it's become more and more apparent to me that people are following orders in particular jobs that is going against who they are you know so this is this is the the link with what you were talking about then and I'm saying everyone's got a choice and she's going people haven't got a choice people haven't got a choice because if they if they if they choose to do something different then they're going to lose their job and I went and I said if it's going against you know the person's values if it's going against those people's values and it's like I'm just doing this to follow orders and keep a job, then we're in a wrong fucking world, right? And, and it, it is wrong. Yeah. And it's the same as what you were saying about your candidates, you know, but people believe they haven't got a choice and everybody's it got is a astonishing choice. to me. Yeah. But I think, you know, one thing that you brought up for me, Mel, in that story, I've had people tell me to my face. When I, especially when I tell them that I'm a digital nomad, you know, that I, you know, everything fits in one suitcase and a backpack. They're like, oh my gosh, you live such an adventurous life. Cause I do, I travel a lot. I, I, I have two homes that I go between that actually I don't even own. I just take care of people's homes. Um, they provide me with a car and, you know, it's just amazing the life that I have. Um, but they say things like, I wish I could do what you do. And they say it with a straight face. Yeah. And I'm like, you can. You can, you can do it. And they're like, oh, no, no, I couldn't. Well, if you want to, you can. It's not easy. It, it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't without pain and anguish and challenge and tears and fears and all of that. But you can do whatever you decide that you want to do. And I think what you're bringing up for me in this story is, you know, so they lose a job. So go get another one that you align with. Exactly. That the mission and the values, that is so core to, you know, I, everything that I believe. Um, so, wow, that's quite a story. Yeah, I know. And um, I, lo I love what you just said about being a digital nomad, because I've wanted to travel from university. And basically, I won't go into the whole story, but I met my son's dad and never went traveling. And then, you know, my dad got ill 17 years ago, you know, so there's always a reason to stay. And, uh, yeah. you know, my mom's on her own and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, my I'm going to be 50 this year. My son is now 24. And um, I, I've had some shit happened over the last few months and and I liked what you said as well about the settling and even when you found yourself settling at certain times you've appreciated there was a reason for that because that then took you on to something else and yes. and this whole podcast was born out of me ending my marriage and you know because I settled for a long time and I was settling in a career that I wasn't happy in etc cetera, etc cetera. What happened for me in my last relationship, I was settling to it to a certain extent. And I was like, so pissed off with myself because um, I was never going to do that again. Right. And and I've made this podcast called the Never Settled Podcast. What, what am I doing? Um, so <laughs> I, I just love what you just said, because I know damn well that what happened for me, um, which was fucking horrible, by the way, 
was a reflection to me, and I've said this on previous podcasts, of the healing that I still need to do internally for myself. I'm one of these people that gives to everybody else, so I don't have to look at myself in terms of my own needs and my own feelings. And so without going into any more details, so I liked what you said. I've settled at certain times, but there's been a reason for it, and it's got me somewhere else. And that's exactly what's happening for me right now. So thank you for that. Thank You're you. welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. And uh, I think, you know, who knows better about a topic than someone who's actually gone through it? So when you have experienced the past of settling and settling and settling, and now you are where you are now, and you see even still there's work to be done, I think that, you know, you can be the guru. You can be the teacher for everyone else who may only be a half an inch behind you, but still you're a little bit further ahead of them. Meanwhile, there are people who are miles behind you that you can bring them up to where you are and beyond. Um, It's, you know, this is our mission. We all have different reasons of existence. Otherwise, why are we here? Exactly, exactly. And, and what I forgot to say was, um, so this year when I, um, so at the moment I'm building my business, my own business, and um, when I get that to a level that I'm happy with, um, I'm off. I'm going to be the digital nomad um, because it's something that's been in my, you know, desires for 30 odd years and uh, now's the time to do it. So, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm uh, excited about that and I'm intrigued that you're already doing it. So that is so awesome. And you can make a lot of money and you can work from anywhere. Yeah. COVID showed all of us like I've been working remotely for 20 years. So I was already in this mindset, but COVID brought the rest of the world very quickly to understand that. If you primarily work on a computer, if you're primarily on a phone or, you know, you're communicating, if that's mostly your job, you can work from anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So I'm so excited for you, Mel. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, well, we're getting close to to closing up. And um, thank you for sharing everything you've shared. I mean, people listening that because it is so rife, people are in careers that they're not aligned to they're doing it to pay their bills they're doing it because they fell into it they're doing it because they can't see beyond their capabilities and all the other excuses we tell ourselves mm-hmm. um so if anybody listening is is really intrigued to get in touch with you because this is something that they want to do for themselves what, what's the best place for them to to go to go to superpurposes.com cool um do you advertise on that website job vacancies or is it a contact you and then speak to somebody and then it's going out we uh we our primary thing is our online course people can take an online course and they can learn in 12 weeks we take them through uh many different episodes there's video there's written materials there's exercises to do so people can follow along For people who need more help, we have uh, coaches that can hold their hands. Sometimes I'm the coach. Um, And so, you know, I can get into a meeting. We can do a half an hour. You know, I always do free sessions just to make sure that we're a good fit. And um, so, you know, I'll schedule people uh, where we get to meet, get to know each other. 
And we, we determine if we want to work together uh, over the course of 12 weeks or, or whatever. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's how we work. Okay, cool. Um, and I always like to finish these conversations with anything you feel called to share, whether it be a pearl of wisdom, a bit of inspiration or advice, anything, anything at all. Okay. As soon as you said that, what came to me is do not let anyone else determine your success. You're responsible. Wow. I think people very often just kind of, you know, relinquish my mom, my husband, my wife, my partner, my children, my this, my that, my friends, my relatives relinquish the control of your success. Yeah. And don't let other people determine it. You're in charge of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you, SJ. And I know that the uh, the listeners and anybody that might watch on YouTube is going to love this. So thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> if you enjoyed that conversation or were inspired in any way, please, please leave me a review on iTunes. It's the best way for other people to find my podcast and be inspired themselves. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching, you can find me at melclarkcoaching.com, Clark with an E on the end, or email me at mel at melclarkcoaching.com.